problem that I've run up into lately is that if literally any product has the word superfruit or ashwagandha in its description, I'm gonna buy it. I'm going to buy it and I am going to hope. Like genuine, unadulterated hope that it will be the cure to all ills of my world. Wellness buzzwords and goopy ideas about what it means to be well have proliferated like medicinal fungus on the internet. Additionally, a strong counter to this vague sense of natural wellness or clean beauty has emerged in the rise of clinical skincare and regimented scientific ideas about eating. Occasionally, the two shall meet and the merge of science and mysticism create confusion and pandemonium for all involved. How can we know what's true if all we know of wellness seems to be epistemologically at odds? Resident dumbasses Kimberly Marcella Duran and Kevin Ackerman are on the case, and we aim to find out. Hello. Welcome to About Me, a podcast exploring the strange and complicated stories in which we find our identities morphing through technology. Our podcast is brought to you by Novus, an academic multimedia publication housed at Georgetown University. I'm Kevin Ackerman. And I'm Kimberly Duran. Together, we'll be taking a deep dive into stories gathered from across the land the land being the digital world, and how these digital phenomenon affect our identities. So let's get this out of the way right now. Obviously, we are in no way elevated above over-information about skincare and wellness and beauty. In fact, we are incredibly gullible to it, probably because we're individuals who are drawn to the concept of like self-improvement, achieving the optimum us, quote-unquote, possible. But psychoanalyzing the type of people who are prone to get swept up into this whole wellness goop-nado, if you will, is the topic for an entirely different podcast. So how did we get to this point? So obviously, we are in a unique moment in history. Um, It wouldn't be us talking about tech research if we weren't like, in today's digital age... Um, But in today's digital age, (laughs) there are like a lot of unique factors that contribute to why wellness and this over-information is so popular. But we should look even further back um, to get some important context about the whole idea that we can improve ourselves to create this like optimum health, like this meta being who can do it all and is healthy and has good skin and is muscular and strong and thin and thick and all of this good stuff. We love DC Comics. We do love DC Comics. Actually, no, we love Marvel. We, we love Marvel. Yeah, DC, like, I don't know. We're Fine. not going there. We're not going there. Back it up, Kevin. Anyway, <laughs> um, Kim, does it... Does it... Is it just me or does it feel like everything goes back to, like, fascism and, like, government propaganda in Nazis? Uh, yeah, no, that seems, that seems right. That does, it like, too right, honestly. Um, so, Catherine Price, who is the author of Vitamania, Our Obsessive Quest for Nutritional Perfection, um, writes that this idea of optimization of health and wellness, um, probably originates from government, like, United States government messaging to the U.S. people, um, that we needed to optimize Americans' health to make sure we have enough pep and vigor to get us through the war. Um, Apparently, the United States spread rumors that the Nazis were restricting vitamins in their conquered people's foods um, and basically, like, doing race building by giving their own people (laughs) 
vitamins <laughs> and then conquered peoples would have no vitamins so they would like die um so there's this idea that we have to optimize our health through regimented vitamins in the United States to fight Nazi influence <laughs> yeah it like sounds so made up it's... it really does um and we're trusting Catherine Price's research at this point so hopefully yeah. that's uh hopefully she's she's she did her due diligence yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway um so that's where this like idea of optimization came um but where did the idea of wellness come from a lot of people think that it comes from the late 40s and ni- early 50s from the World Health Organization's 1948 constitution that said this was like one of the first mentions of well-being. Um, The World Health Organization's 1948 constitution said that health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So this was like kind Mm. of the idea that being well is not just the absence of sickness. There's things like diet and exercise that you can do to be um, more holistically well. Mm. Decades would <laughs> turn that into <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, and mm. the idea of wellness that we have now. So that's kind of like the historical underpinning. But then why today is everything goopy? Do we see people posting pictures of their vitamins in the morning? Um, Like, where does all that come from? Let's find out. (laughs) Um, Do you want to do it? Okay. So, why now? Why now, Kim? (laughs) Why are we sheep for every wellness trend that comes into play? I think one of the big reasons behind that is behavioral advertising on platforms, um, social media platforms. Behavioral advertising allows advertisers to pinpoint users who are more interested or, dare I say, gullible in concepts of wellness, and a positive feedback loop is creative. Basically, like, if you even Google ashwagandha once, it's like your entire feed on Facebook is suddenly like ads from youth to the people that are like, hey, do you use this ingredient that you've never heard of that's probably in all of your skincare stuff? You're killing yourself anyway by our product. Um, And there's this feedback loop that you literally can't escape. Yeah. And eventually just give into it and suddenly all of your products are used to the people. This is a youth to the people call out post. <laughs> um, but also if youth to the people you want to sponsor us, like we, to be fair, will be your guinea pigs. Well, we might be. We Yeah, we can't live too. We would be critical of your products. We would. So mm. we would be honest. Yeah, definitely honest. Because like, I'll say it. Um, I haven't used youth to the people products that I don't like. Um, and that's me being critical. Maybe. It's hard to decide what is true and what isn't. Anyway. But back to the whole idea of this, of advertising on these platforms, um, there's also the issue that platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they don't have liability to verify the health claims in these advertisements. So they'll argue that they're, that they shouldn't be liable for literal opioid sales on their sites under CDA 230. Like, they're not going to care if your blue spirulina 
powder actually helps or hinders you, sis? Yeah, sorry, sis. Um, yeah, the CEO of Reddit was literally like, oh, under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, um, we shouldn't be liable for, as you said, opioid sales that happen on their site because under so communication decency act section 230 basically allows platforms quote-unquote neutral platforms um to not have liability for almost any of the content that's posted while also giving them the privilege to moderate whatever is posted so the ceo of reddit is like oh because section 230 exists we can't be held liable so that we can help clean it up. When in actuality, it's like they just don't want to deal with that. Um, so no one will save us. No one. Yeah, and we need saving. <laughs> um, so I recently watched Gwyneth Paltrow's The Goop Lab on Netflix. Gross. Um, not necessarily gross. That could reflect some of your preconceived biases, but we'll talk about that later. We'll get to that. I almost said Kimothy. <laughs> Kimothy. Um, there's a sentence at the beginning of the Netflix show, The Goop Lab, where someone says, we want people to have the information so that they can make the decisions for themselves. Um, as if expert analysis is for nothing. The internet gave almost, obviously there's access like access issues, but we can talk about that later. Um, the internet gave almost all individuals a massive trove of information about skin, about everything, but also about wellness and health. And for most people in the United States who are raised in this massively individualistic society, we're told that we are the ones who should we should trust over everyone. Um, so who cares if science doesn't show that oat milk, oat milk enemas ward off mental fatigue if you say they do? <laughs> Not speaking from personal experience. Are those um, a real thing? They probably are. I that was just something that came yeah. to mind. Um, coffee right. enemas are a real thing. Yeah, I've heard of those. But I was like, that seems harsh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so oat milk seems like oat milk soothing. I guess I don't know. Right, and I guess that also talks about the whole idea of like the social capital of being well and caring for yourself, and it goes back to the whole like optimization. Like we want, we aspire to be beautiful and clean and healthy. And this health is like commodified. And so wellness in certain areas has been transformed into something that is practiced individually. Um, But it's also something that's like performed publicly. So for example, when I got the whole Glossier thing, like, Am I going to lie and say that I didn't get Glossier because of that cute little packaging that they give that's like pink or that they used to give, I think? Um, No, I'm not going to lie. I did that, you know, and like um, I am a sucker for vitamins because I'm iron deficient and because I live in a place where I need vitamin D supplements. Um, So I use care of because it's like a really fun gamified way of taking multivitamins and they have like a cute little like quote on each individual baggie that I will like from time to time take an Instagram picture of like post it up on my story and be like hey everyone your girl is healthy 
you know? Truly. And it really, that, like, signaling that you do, that pub, you. Yeah. <laughs> that signaling that you do, me carrying around my glass jar of Youth to the People spinach, <laughs> super wet moisturizer. I'm like, yeah, Kim, you're really performative. <laughs> um, that performance really does express something, and it works. Because, okay, this is, I haven't, I haven't ever told you this, but I remember when we were first meeting, you did talk about how you like used care of, and I was I had the thought like, oh, Kim has good taste. There was this, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. This is oh my gosh, we're doing, Kevin. I know. I was, I'm like gonna get emotional. Stop it. <laughs> but <laughs> Kim, I love that. That's your reaction <laughs> because I was kind of embarrassed that I'm like. Oh, this thing that you buy signaled <laughs> to me that you have, like, oh, Kim cares about, like, care of is, like, this beautiful vitamin package. So it says, like, you care about design. You care about health. Um, you care about being cute as hell. Yeah. And I really, I do remember, like, we were in the lounge of our grad program. <laughs> and you mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I use care of. And I was like, oh, this person has good taste and is healthy. Yeah. We stand harder than ever. Right. And, well, that's also funny because I, I remember mentioning how I was, like, a sucker for these targeted Instagram ads. I fully found care of through, an like, a targeted ad. Yeah, because at one point you probably looked up ashwagandha. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, so the third big component that's creating this um, goop NATO. I, I think this is one that I'm especially sympathetic to. Um, I The modern healthcare system, like big pharma, if you will. Big pharma. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. We can't have an episode without including big something. Yeah. Um, and like Western medicine, traditional medicine as it's practiced in the United States, doesn't really serve everyone. Um, and it doesn't serve the wellness of all people. So people are naturally searching for alternatives. There's usually like a coding of science to certain health claims, um, and that could be why people choose these certain pieces of wellness to latch onto. The thing I immediately think of is adaptogens. Adaptogens and antioxidants. Yeah. Two things that are like pseudoscientific that there's like some, it's like antioxidants technically like work to destroy free radicals, but like in a certain environment, <laughs> it's not like if you rub. Antioxidants on your face. Like, you're going to be... You're never going to get... A health queen. Yeah, like, some sort of, like, skin cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people latch onto these things. I think because traditional medicine can't promise everyone the level of wellness that they deserve or can afford, mm -hmm. so people search for these alternate routes to wellness. I think that's why we're having a moment where, like, hallucinogenic and psychedelic drugs are being used for mental health in the United States. Um, because traditional, like, obviously, mental health care system in the United States, hard to get into, expensive to get into, um, and a lot of people who would be the most well-served by this, um, field, I guess is what we'll call it, yeah. are being excluded from it. So people are searching for alternate. One end of the wellness spectrum, there's companies like Goop which, as we said, offer tons of solutions, whether they have any scientific backing to their efficacy or not, to over-informed consumers and lets the consumers decide what works for them. 
And then on the other hand, we have companies like The Ordinary, which offer a limited selection of scientifically researched Their consumers want only curated, science-driven products. This creates an epic battle between the two, all to achieve this ultimate goal of self-actualization or optimal beauty. But they're both essentially using differently informed consumers to push the same shtick of optimal wellness through commercial products. Homo Deus, Yuval Noah Harari, introduces this concept of dataism, which is a shift away from humanism to this new form of knowledge, this new form of truth in society in which algorithms and data-backed decisions are our new gods, which is honestly so true, kind of. <laughs> like, when even when I got here, I was like, Uber, take me to school. And I wasn't like, oh, I have to decide which way to go to school. I was like, I can trust that this algorithm will place all of the people necessary in place to get me to school. Um, like, if you're having an argument with someone, you are like, okay, well, we'll Google it and find out. Like, ultimately, algorithmic sources of truth are your ultimate truth and usurp, like, what you know. Um, like, in big data sets, it's like, oh, well, I have a feeling it might be this, but if you crunch the numbers and it's a different thing, like, you trust the numbers. Um, and that's kind of what I feel like this resurgence of goopy wellness is all about. People are uncomfortable with relinquishing control of truth to data and to algorithms. So they latch onto things that might not have any backing at all, um, but feel good and feel right and allow them to like claim decisive power over their lives. Like, again, does an oat milk enema do anything? <laughs> no, but does it make me feel like I am the master of my own life? Yes, I love goop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, the ordinary feels like a strong lean into dataism. It's like, okay, these are the ingredients that I know work that have scientific um, numerical backing to show their efficacy. So I will only use them in any other product that goes out of that statistical validation is a false god and I will kill it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So this back and forth, this like inner tension is something that's like tiring. Oh, I'm so tired, Kim. Like people really do be tired. We're tired of having to keep up with the literature and the stringent rules that change every other day about what is safe to put on your skin and what isn't. What will save them from this commodified landscape in which you have to learn what either ashwagandha or niacinamide is to have basic help. I still don't know what ashwagandha really is. I d like, is it a root? Is I think it a, it's a root. It like, might be a mushroom. I don't know. Yeah. Is a, is a mushroom a root? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we can't. There's no way for us to know. Right. And we do all of this wellness and beauty ritualization because of societal expectations of perfection and improvement. Me, a Virgo, perfectionist. <laughs> Me, a Libra, doesn't know what a Libra is. <laughs> We can't escape this social construction of reality. Ultimately, Goop assumes that I, as a customer, want to be like Gwyneth Paltrow and additionally have the expendable time and income to do so. And then companies like The Ordinary expect me to have a doctorate in dermatology to understand what my goddamn moisturizer does. But neither scenario applies to me, right? I am a woman of color, slowly and painfully, shout out to 
glow recipe pink juice watermelon lightweight hydrating moisturizer from Sephora that I live by trying to peel herself from these two capitalistic ideals of what wellness means to negotiate my own social construction of reality and thus my identity. So to do this, people like me turn to DIY solutions, but even in the comfort of our own homes, we're not immune to the myriad of voices of over-information. Like, I remember when coconut oil was, like, a big thing a few years ago, and everyone was like, lather it on your body. And then a bunch of other people came up and were like, dear God, don't do that. It's so bad for your pores. And I'm like, well, what's the truth? Like, what is the truth? The truth, Kimberly... (laughs) is that to shed the expectations of society is still a complicated negotiation with the social reality around you. Ultimately, there is no escape. So that was a lot. I usually am. (laughs) We basically came to the conclusion that we're in like a simulation and we have no control over. Yeah, that is exactly the takeaway that... (laughs) Uh, that like we wanted yeah Uh Yeah. (laughs) just kidding um so shout out thank you to gp aka gwyneth paltrow for the inspo for this episode and now let's get into a little recap section we like to call too long didn't listen tldl if you know you know okay so number one (laughs) um the optimized form of wellness that we all strive for today um might maybe be remnants of a push from the United States government to combat Nazism in World War II. Um, Number two, (laughs) there's literally no escape from the socially constructed reality in which we find ourselves. As hard as we try. Um, And uh, speaking of no escape, uh, number three, I'm Definitely still going to buy dumbass skincare products constantly. Consistently. Yeah. Because they have nice packaging and have the percentage of hyaluronic acid on the bottle. Also ashwagandha. And ashwagandha. I'm going to uh, go buy some supplements or vitamins or something because, to be clear, I literally never learn anything. Thank you so much to the Novus team for helping us with this episode. We will put some maybe all of the sources for this episode into the show notes. Um, XOXO. Bye. Bye.